All right. So Jesus is risen today, and um, I was just risen off the couch for the first time in seven days yesterday. I, I got so sick this week. Uh, you can probably still hear it in my voice, and I couldn't do anything. And my wife did one of the more, most loving acts that I've ever received, and she was like on Friday, she was like, love, I have a word from the Father. I think you need to just stay on the couch. I'm going to take this. Everyone said, this woman is amazing. Okay, so I welcome her today with uh, such love and admiration. And uh, yeah, she's just incredible. Not everyone knows her here, but she leads this church, and she leads it with such excellence and wisdom and humility. And I just bless her. The women of God are mighty in the Lord. And the first one to run in the resurrection was a woman. Amen? Amen. She declared and ran with the live risen Jesus upon her heart and lips. And so I bless this woman of God to bring beautiful words from a humble servant heart serving me in the body today. Thank you, God, for the words you have put within her. Thank you, God, that no matter what we speak, you are raised from the dead and our hearts open wide today. I just want to pray. Can we open our hearts? We open our hearts to the reality of resurrection, not just for us, but that it may be on fire and be shared with the world around us. For we are all going to come to the table at the end of this gathering and worship the Lord. Amen? Amen. So, of course, living with someone that's sick, I woke up this morning um, or last night feeling pretty sick, so... We go. We're here for Jesus. Amen. He is risen. And we get to come and be around his table today as his people. And so I'm just going to speak for a little bit, and then we're going to actually all participate in the life, the death, and the life of Jesus today together. Is that okay? So everything changed when Jesus overcame death. Everything. Easter, Resurrection Sunday, proclaims that death is defeated. It's been dealt with. This is good news. I love um, Charles Spurgeon in the 1800s um, had this quote that said, Jesus has turned the tomb into a bed, dying into just waking up. What a beautiful picture, right? The grave is just the place we go to sleep. To, and he actually said in, in this famous sermon that he did that we then wake after a refreshing sleep into the new creation. Isn't that beautiful? The grave is just a bed. Death is just a waking up. That's what we proclaim today. That's what Jesus did. He overcame death. But we sell it short if we just think that that's all that today is about. Because that wasn't Jesus' only purpose in dying and raising 
he actually proclaimed on that day 2,000 years ago that a new creation was beginning. A brand new life. Jesus is the firstborn, the first fruit for all of us. We can now participate in resurrection today because he raised from the dead then. What a beautiful gift. Not only one day when we die will we be raised again, but right now, today, we get to participate in his death, to put off the old self, and to be raised with him into new life and new creation today. This is good news. This is good news. Uh, We've been talking about the Jesus pathway, like the following Jesus pathway. How do we follow Jesus in just a simple way that all of us can remember? And yet the depths of it is incredible. Like just the gospel, those five things Tim walked us through. Like we could spend our eternal life, right, just thinking about those things. God always loved us. Just that one thing. What? It blows my mind. Just think about it. God always loved me. Before I was even a thought, before I was even a cell, God loved me, and he loves me today. And I can't do anything that will make him love me more than at this very moment, but I can enjoy it, right? And that's what we're all on the journey of, is enjoying God's love more. And so we can go through all of these things, and today, this worked out perfectly. Not only did Easter land on our second Sunday, praise the Lord, we're not outside today. I mean, I loved being outside, guys. It was awesome. But the wind, the cold, the rain, the pollen, the, all the things, like, you know, he is risen. Yay. And we can celebrate it anywhere. But man, those that have been here for the last few years, we have been outside on Easter Sunday. And it has been all the wonders of the outside. So this was lucky for us today. We, it fell on Easter Sunday. I think God was just giving us a little wink. But also... In the Jesus pathway, we fell on baptized in the sun today. I mean, how much more perfect can we get than that? We are baptized in the sun. Now, baptism means that we have died with Christ in our old life and been raised to new life and new identity. And when we hear this word baptism, we just imagine the like, dunk under the water, right? Like, or sprinkle with the water, whichever, wherever you come from, it's, it's all good. Um, but we, we just get this like dunk in the water, but actually baptized in the name, like when Jesus is talking about being baptized into the name, and he specifically says the name of the Father, the name of the Son, the name of the Holy Spirit, that doesn't just mean when we baptize someone, we say, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is a much broader concept because in the culture of that day, when you said to be baptized, which actually is the word immersed, we say you are immersed into the essence of who somebody is. That is baptized into the name of Jesus. Immersed into the essence of the person. So today we want to be immersed into the essence of who Jesus is, the very being of Jesus today. We want to fill ourselves and be filled with the very being of Jesus today. Now, you might be going, why are you talking about baptism on Easter Sunday? Well, 
because there's a lot of beauty in the, in the design pattern, the thread that runs through the Bible around baptism. And it's actually a picture of what Jesus does for us in resurrection. So we're going to go through a little bit of a quick Bible study here, if you guys are okay with that. And I just want to trace a couple of stories throughout the Bible that talk to us about this picture of baptism, which then eventually leads to Jesus' death and resurrection. When, when we see this picture, this thread going through, it starts at the very, very beginning in Genesis 1. And it all starts with a separation. Whenever there's a baptism, there's a separation, first of all. And so the, the Lord looks at this chaotic water that's swirling around on the earth, and he separates it. And he actually does a couple of separating. He separates... Um, he separates the water, the, the ground from the, the land from the water. He separates the light and the darkness. He separates the sky and the earth. And as he's doing the separation, he's actually separating unto creation. He's separating so that he can create, make a place that's good for creation. Okay? He then creates, so we get separation, then we get new life or creation. Then we get a naming he names what he's separated out. He says, this is light, this is darkness, this is human, this is this. So that we get a naming that happens right there in Genesis. So it's a pattern that started. And then there's a blessing that happens. And that blessing is not just that the thing that's created be blessed, but that they would become a blessing to the people around it. And that everything would be blessed because of the separation, the creation, the naming then turns into a blessing for everything around it. So we see this in Genesis 1. And this was actually the original design pattern that God had. Well, then humans went and turned all of creation back into chaos again, right? So it started chaotic, God made it beautiful, then humans came and turned it back into chaos. So God decides, decides to redo the pattern again, but now it's the pattern of salvation, so he separates again with Noah. And instead of separating the waters now, he separates a people unto himself. He separates a people out. And he recreates with those people a whole new humanity. And he renames them. He actually makes covenant with them again when they get off of the boat. Right, And so he renames again. He says, you're my people. You're my chosen ones. And then he blesses them. I want you to be fruitful and multiplied. Fill the earth with my glory and my beauty. Right, So we see the pattern again in Noah. Then we're introduced to Moses, which interestingly enough, Moses was saved out of the water as well. So he's like a little foreshadowing. But then we see the people, Israel, and God separates them out from Egypt. And then he separates water again so that they can walk through on dry ground. And then he creates new identity. He names them my chosen people, my loved ones, right? My beloved. He takes them to Montana. He recreates identity within them. He creates a new people. And he tells them, you are my people to be a blessing to the nations. And then they create chaos again, unfortunately. <laughs> 
And then they get up to the Jordan, and we see the same thing happening again. He says, consecrate yourselves, separate yourselves, right? Consecrate, separate. And he does the same thing again as they follow through the waters of the river of Jordan. He brings them through, creating a new people that are walking into a new identity of a new promised land. And so we see this pattern repeating, repeating, repeating. And now we see John actually back in the Jordan, the water of Jordan. And he's saying to the people again, consecrate yourselves, repent, turn away, come into the water, be washed clean so that you can be created again, so that you can live as the people God's called you to live. So John's actually repeating the same pattern again in his baptism. And into that moment, Jesus walks and comes to be baptized. Now, did Jesus need to repent from his sins? No, we know he didn't need to do that. But he was following this pattern that we see throughout the whole Bible, this thread pattern, and he was showing us how we can enter in as well. And right there, Jesus goes under the water, he comes out, and now the heavens separate right? There's a separation again that happens. There's an appointing of Jesus in that moment, an anointing of Jesus by the Spirit. He is actually, his identity there is, is actually changed. He moves from just being the son, right? And he moves into this time of actual ministry in life. And so there's an a, a identity change that happens for him. And he is blessed by God God says, you are my beloved son, and he is blessed to be a blessing to the people around him. So we see this pattern again happening right there in in Jesus' baptism. And then we see it happening again with his death. He is separated out from the people. He is chosen. He dies he brings new creation life into that, from that tomb. He is anointed as king, king of kings. When he is raised again, he is now the king of kings, right? Right in that moment, there is new identity. And he is doing it so that all of us can be blessed. And so when we enter now into the story We get to follow the same pattern. Yes, we get to follow the baptism pattern of being, um, of of literally going under the water and saying we die to our old life and it's a recreation. We go, we go, we're washing it away in death and we are being raised to new life in Christ. But also, when we receive the Holy Spirit in baptism, the same thing happens. We see this in the Acts Acts one and two, right? The same thing. This the fire comes. It separates onto the people. It separates them out. It creates new identity. From that moment on, they are anointed by the Lord. It creates new language in that moment. There is new creation happening. And then they are blessed to be a blessing, and immediately they bless 3,000 people all around them. And so we see the same pattern again as we follow this through. And so I just want to read this passage in Romans right now because I think it captures this so beautifully because we get to participate today in the death and resurrection of Jesus. We don't just get to celebrate it. Yes, 100% we get to celebrate it. But we get to participate 
We get to be resurrection people today. We die to our old ways and our old self. We get to be created again, afresh and new today. New creation. And we get to live in a new identity of resurrection so that we can be a blessing to everyone around us and bring resurrection, new kingdom, new creation to the world around us now. Romans 6, 3 through 11. Or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to new life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves was crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead. And he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Amen. Paul actually uses the same pattern in Colossians. He talks about the gospel. He tells us what Jesus has done, what he is to us, and then he tells us how we should live in that same space. And so I just want to read a couple of verses of Colossians and just immerse ourselves in the beauty and wonder that we get to participate today in Jesus' death and resurrection. Colossians 2.12 having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden in Christ, in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. 
We have died with Christ. We have been renewed and recreated with him. We have been given a new identity. In Colossians 2 verse 12, it says, you are the chosen, the holy, beloved ones of God. That's the same words God used over his own son. We get to enter in as co-heirs into the beauty of Jesus' resurrected life. We are given new identity, not just for ourselves, but so that we can become the bearers of resurrection life in the world today, not just for one day when we die and awake again in glory, but for now to be hidden in Christ, for Christ's life to live in us, for us to put off the old and put on the new, to be alive in Jesus today. And how do we do this? We set our minds on him. We immerse ourselves in the essence of who Jesus is. We fill our lives with who he is, and we live every day denying ourselves, picking up our cross, and following him through the grave into resurrection, new creation life. Baptism expresses a Christian's new hope. We have new family, new life because of what Jesus did. It's a funeral, right? We celebrate our funerals. We should be every day. We are dead to sin. We are dead to sin. It's a birth. We are new creation people. We are born again. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad I'm not stuck in my dead old self. I am born again. I'm new creation. We celebrate new life. It's a naming ceremony. It actually should change our identity. When we are immersed into the name of Jesus, we become little Christs, Christians. Right? We have a new name. We are new people. I am beloved. You are beloved because of what Jesus did. When we enter this, we become the very beloved of God. We have always been loved, but now we are the beloved, the chosen, the children of God. And it is a wedding. Our baptism is a wedding. We become one with Christ. We are hidden with him. Guys, I'm not going to pretend like I know what that means. That is kind of crazy stuff. I am hidden in Christ. I am one with him. Does anyone else here like can fully stand up and say with 100% confidence, I know fully what that means? No, but praise the Lord that we get to just be in the wonder of that because we are hidden with him until he appears one day in glory and then we will understand it all, maybe, right? But oh my gosh, that I would live with the wonder that Christ wants to be part, be one with me. That he wants to be one with us. That we are one together as we are in him, as he is in the Father, as we are all together in one big happy family that displays the beauty of Jesus to a dying world around us that is desperate to know that there is resurrection life available today 
not just one day, but today, we get to celebrate resurrection life. And we get to be an Easter people that gets to live every day waking up in the knowledge that we can pass through that water, that we can put off the old self every day and live in the new, in the new creation as Jesus did. We, he is the first fruits. He shows us the way. I could make a this is the way comment right there, but I won't. All of, all of you Mando, Mando people. As we come to this table of communion, oh, there goes my water. I want us to think about a couple of things, and we're going to take like 10 to 15 minutes around the table. We're going to think about a couple of questions. We're going to think about who Jesus is. I want us to just quietly contemplate for a few moments before you come up and get elements who Jesus is. I mean, just get like stuck in the gospel, the beauty of it, who Jesus is, what Jesus has done. And then I want you to think about what resurrection means to you. And most specifically, think about what you would be like without Jesus. I just want us to think about that because I want us to turn our hearts to remembrance. Jesus said every time that we partake of this table that we remember him. We remember what he's done, who he is. And we remember that this helps us participate in the death of Jesus so we can participate in his life. And whenever you're ready, come get some elements. And I don't want anyone taking communion alone today. Do it with at least another person, if not in groups of a few people around you. And I want you to specifically share that last question with people. What does the resurrection mean to you? And let's share with each other and let's, like, let the remembering lead us to praise. Let it lead us to thanksgiving. Because today we remember Jesus who died, who suffered, who was raised again to new life so that we today can live in resurrection. It's just, we're going to take about two to three minutes to contemplate. Whenever you're ready, you can come and grab some people, grab some communion. For the gluten-free people, these crackers are gluten-free. And we are going to go right into worship of the back end of communion because that's the only real response we can have. <laughs>